suit up. Damn it, Marshal. New is always better. Challenge accepted. I'm not the blitz. You want to hit in this sandwich? Damn, maybe be cool. Can we go camping? Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The Re-Return. This week on this balls-ass hot day, we are talking about our favorite American holiday, Thanksgiving in Belly Full of Turkey, How I Met Your Mother's first Thanksgiving episode. We're all very excited to talk about it. So just to give you a quick idea, um, this is The Re-Return. I'm Erin. And I'm Lear. And we are running the series of How I Met Your Mother, going episode by episode and talking about all the random, crazy, fun stuff that we love about this crazy, awesome show. So this is episode eight of, oh, I'm sorry, episode nine of the first season. And I kind of think we've hit a a bit of a high point, not a high point. We've hit our stride. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Things are starting to settle a little bit better. And I don't think I hate Ted every week. We hope. Hopefully. I, I feel like we say that we're not going to hate Ted and then we hate Ted. Like we talk ourselves into hating Ted. That's true. <laughs> we always hate Ted. We always hate Ted. Why do people listen to us? We just hate on Ted. She said, please listen to us. Womp womp. We're entertaining. <laughs> we are. So, belly full of turkey. What did you think of this episode? I like holiday episodes of sitcoms. I always have. I always will. This was nice. Not that we haven't already had a holiday episode because we had Halloween, but... We did indeed. That didn't count because we hated Ted. We did hate Ted. It's becoming a running theme, but hopefully it'll be on the upswing because Ted was not bad in this episode. No, he really wasn't. Not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I actually kind of liked Ted in this episode. Wasn't miserable. And hopefully we will like Ted for a few more weeks. We'll see. Yeah. I I foresee a downshift in liking Ted. Not too far ahead. Womp womp. So one of the first jokes in this episode is about specialty drinks. Yeah, so last, was it last week? No, no, not last week. Last week? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, we had our first specialty drink. The Tootsie Roll. Which was the Tootsie Roll. But we didn't know that that was, you know, a thing yet. Mm -mm. Like that was just, you know, a one-off. Now though, We've got two specialty drinks. Yes, the Thanks Teeny and the Quanzapolitan. Yes, those are both mentioned in this episode. We see the Thanks Teenies. What were they? Cranberry juice. Yeah. Potato vodka. Yes. Bouillon cube. Right. <laughs> I would probably drink that. I mean, it's a vodka cranberry with turkey in it. Yeah. It's like a salty vodka cranberry. Really? Right. I mean, I've had drinks made with Worcestershire. Yeah, but not like vodka cranberries. Is that different? No. Okay. This is what this is. Yeah. It's a fruity drink with a bouillon cube? I'm sorry. It sounds like it would make someone Ralph. Maybe. Which it does make Lily Ralph. (laughs) Womp womp. But we're also going to have a specialty drink next week, which is kind of exciting. No spoilers. No No spoilers. spoilers. Yeah, whatever. Also, the mother died. <laughs> but no spoilers. Well, at least we get to meet her soon, right? Yep. So soon. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch it up a little, because I think we can get into some better conversations. Yeah, of course. The, obviously, it's a Thanksgiving episode. Thanksgiving is a family holiday. This episode for me, and I think for you as well, I think we will agree on this very much, um, was about family dynamics. Absolutely. And like how everyone responds to their family, kind of. 
I mean, especially in the main storyline, which is Marshall and Lily. I think this is, is this the first time Marshall and Lily were the A story? I believe so. Yeah. The the closest other than this would have been Halloween, I guess. But no, even that's not even, no, never mind. No, no, <laughs> So in this story, they are going to Marshall's idyllic family in, I mean, they call it St. Cloud, but it may as well be Lake Wobegon, Minnesota. <laughs> And Marshall is so excited, like so excited, like doesn't remember he already packed his underpants excited. Lily, not so much. Nope. Yeah. Marshall, Marshall's a big kid. It's like, I don't know. It's like he's going home from summer camp or something. Going to summer camp? I don't know. I was always excited to leave. Well, yeah, but Marshall likes his family. Is that a thing? It weirds me out. But throughout this episode, we do get a lot of weird Midwestern stereotypes about, like, why Marshall loves his family, including mayonnaise and giants and lots of babies. Being Midwesterners ourselves, what do you think of this? This kind of, like, overly wholesome view of the Midwest and what families are like out here. Okay, so Michigan to Minnesota little different certainly but not really it is you know it's it's the midwest it was like that where i grew up kind of it was a little more rednecky but marshall's family and you know white cloud minnesota like that all just seems simple Mm -hmm. not necessarily like backwater or bumpkin Mm -hmm. which i i can relate to growing up interesting yeah i don't know my my family i mean so here's the thing my immediate family not like that at all my extended family especially on my mom's side yeah kind of like that yeah okay yeah i guess that's kind of where i'm at too like when i was growing up when i was back home when you know everyone was around you know i lived within 20 miles of most of my family and for thanksgiving like we all went to someone's house for dinner it was usually a grandparent you know but my immediate family and especially like when i went off to college and then when like you know the immediate family kind of dissipated no one gets together no one does anything totally okay with that my immediate family became closer as i got older and my less immediate family became a little more distant so a little bit of the opposite okay but (laughs) what's interesting to me is that when Marshall lists off the things that he lists off uh, of the things that he is. That's St. Cloud, Minnesota. I think three of the four things he mentions are food items because he says he has Funyuns and gummy bears and mayonnaise and Basque Ice Ball. <laughs> and in reality, no one is Basque Ice Ball. No, they might be hockey. Yeah, hockey I could get, but and, and this comes up again later, like Marshall's family just wailing on each other. That is Midwestern, and that is, like, stereotypes exist for a reason, Midwestern. Yeah, see, the food is where I get stuck. I think it's the food. You you didn't grow up in the... You grew up in the least Midwestern-y town in the Midwest. It's true, I did. I grew up in Ann Arbor, um, but my parents were both raised in the Midwest, and... I don't know. Maybe Dutch people just don't use mayonnaise like everyone else in the world. I have no idea. To this day, I, I don't really like mayonnaise. I mean... I know. I'm the only Midwesterner in the world who can say that. I, I like mayonnaise. I don't like gobs of mayonnaise. 
yeah, like that salad. It's, I know they're exaggerating, but <laughs> my family has made a seven layer salad wow. for family gatherings. I've never touched it. I wouldn't touch it. I don't believe it has gummy bears and potato chips in it, but I was going to say what's in it. I know it has mayonnaise. I'm sure it does. I know it has lots of mayonnaise. Okay, so this is clearly outside of my purview because my mother doesn't cook and my dad thinks he's a good cook. <laughs> and, like, my other exposure to Midwestern cooking was, like, really super plain Dutch cooking, which was not good. So, like, boiled chicken and noodles? No, no noodles. They didn't do noodles. But, like, yeah. My grandmother could bake, but she could not cook, and none of her children really learned how to cook. See, I'm used to Dutch Amish, which does new noodles. Yeah, we didn't really do noodles. Oh. This is a really boring conversation. No one cares. Sorry, listener. I, th I thought these stereotypes were interesting. They're, they're obviously exaggerated, but... They rang true for you? To an extent, yeah. Yeah, because really the only thing that rang true for me was the height. Well, that's because you're a tall bitch. I am a very tall bitch, and I come from a race of giants who are not <laughs> bitches. They are very nice people. Salt so, of the earth. So weird. I don't know where I got it. I don't either. You must be more like Lily. Um, yeah... Except I'm not from Brooklyn. No. Even a little. But you'd be the outsider of, of Marshall's family. I mean, here's the thing. Like, anytime you go into your significant other's family, you are the outsider. Regardless of, of how close you are or how you met or... Were you excited the first time you, uh, you met your boyfriend's uh, parents? No, I avoided it for as long as possible. I mean, it took a long time for me to get comfortable with my wife's family yeah to this day i still wonder if her mother likes me hope she doesn't listen to this podcast but i'm sure it's fine i'm sure it's fine you guys got married she's probably just pissed you didn't invite her to the wedding which was probably my fault no nah. well yeah she understood the only person that was actually upset to not be invited to our wedding was my mother oh. side oh. note to our listener so they don't think that i'm just an awful awful person my wife and i basically eloped at my bidding i made yeah, them do because it because we had we had been together for seven years we'd been engaged for four so we just were like you know what uh if we don't get married soon no one's gonna show up when we actually get married uh over the span of a couple weeks we planned a a wedding we went several hours away and like six of our closest friends were there to make sure it happened and that was about it yeah except i i masterminded the entire thing and it was a lovely wedding it really was it was just very small and there was no family that way it wasn't a small wedding with some family and some people got upset there was no family so they all got upset or didn't only one person got upset that's the good news are you guys ever throwing a reception uh see this is why we had to just elope because uh we still haven't been able to afford to actually have a uh, like gathering the wedding industrial complex is ridiculous never get married it's stupid i'm glad you're my friend <laughs> i know right okay so marshall loves his family and his family is portrayed as a normal midwestern family right with a lot of stereotypes as we have discussed ad nauseum so lily has an interesting dilemma because not only is she being pushed into the belly of the said beast for an entire long weekend in Minnesota? Ugh, like, awful. that just sounds not great. But also, she thinks she's knocked up. Yeah. Or might be knocked up. Because, you know, if a woman throws up on television, she must be pregnant. I mean, I, I usually apply that to real life, too. Man, you must think I'm pregnant a lot. 
I keep asking my coworkers if they're pregnant. How does that go for you? No, I, I don't do that. I work nights. I don't have coworkers. I just ask you when you're sick. And it's always funny. <laughs> is it though? Every time. Because you know the answer is I was just drunk. <laughs> I mean, Lily. So, Lily. Poor Lily. I feel so bad for Lily in this episode. <laughs> I think we can definitely point to this being the genesis of the issues that arise later in the season. Yeah. If not, I think they do start to foreshadow what's going to happen. Maybe. This is, I think this is another fantastic case of we should have seen it coming. Yeah. Like, hindsight's twenty twenty, but this is, this is huge. When a couple that's been together as long as them is, you know, fighting about kids because they, they're not on the same page, you, you know they're not on the same page on lots of stuff. Yeah, it's a red flag. And everyone immediately goes to, well, Lily left Marshall at the, well, at the end of season one, obviously. We all know, because spoilers, um, Lily leaves Marshall before the wedding and runs out to San Francisco. Right. Which is something I think is so well developed and motivated. And people just think it's stupid. But I think it's, I think they do a really nice job of setting this up. And it starts here with Lily freaking out about moving to Minnesota. I'm not going to lie. It took me until midway through season nine to sympathize with Lily. I mean, because I had to yell at you for two years about it. Yeah. And it finally, like, it finally clicked. You have to admit, I, I consider myself a fairly evolved guy. I'm not really a dick about things like this. And it was hard for me to see. Lily was written as written so well throughout the series that at times it seemed like they were writing her poorly. Like they were so careful and crafting with, with how they were writing these story arcs for her. It was just, I don't know. I just, I got lost in a lot of that and couldn't look past it. Um, so yes, Lily in many ways is the most developed character and, and the most complexly developed character in the series. Like, everyone else is kind of, a, you know, an archetype in a way. But Lily has some depth. Like, a lot of it. Right. Ted is literally an architect in a rom-com. That's his entire role. You cannot get more, you know, formulaic than that. Mm -mm. And he's our, you know, he's our star. He's our leading man. He's who we're supposed to be rooting for. Right. But you've got Lily over here. Who is a real person? She's a real woman who has real conflict. Not only like externally, but internally. Her conflict is internal. Yeah. Which is so interesting and so exciting and counterbalances much of the Robin problem, which I'm sure we will discuss ad nauseum. Yep. <sighs> the Robin problem being that Robin is a MacGuffin throughout much of the series. Exactly. Lily isn't. Lily is a real person, so we're going to talk about this a lot. I am 100% sure that by the end of this, you will see Lily our way, and that she's, you know, as diabolical as she is, she also is deeply, really motivated in a sense of not only love for her, her fiancé and husband and family and children, but also, you know, the modern conflict of having it all, third wave feminism, they do such a good job with it. And it starts here. 
It really does start here. They really do. Yeah, no, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) So, Lily, you excited to see Marshall's family? Yeah, no. Yeah, no, shut up. I do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, me too. So this is the big family dynamic is Marshall and Lily and their 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 pregnancy scare. Terrifying. Huh. Ted is obviously not going home because right. you know, Ohio is a terrible place. Why would you ever go there? At least they got LeBron back. And and they finally won. LeBron finally won that damn championship for the fucking Cavaliers. Anyway, Robin, we have confirmation that she's Canadian. Can we just Oh, that's right. You're Canadian. Yep. So this is the part where Ted makes really terrible Canada jokes. She could give a shit about Thanksgiving. Real Thanksgiving happened a month ago. Being from a state that borders Canada. Hello, Michigan. Hello. Oot and Mounties are about as lame of Canada burns as you can get. Like, we've been making those jokes for 30 years now. Your cops are called Mounties. That's not even a joke. That's just a statement that he thinks is funny. I'm going to date our podcast. So considering that the internet freaked out because the Trump-Pence ticket logo basically looks like a dick fucking a vagina. (laughs) Yeah, I think Mounties could be hilarious. So yes, Robin is finally Canadian and does not give a shit about Thanksgiving. And look, that's pretty much the extent of Robin. That's the extent of her development today. We find out that Robin is an amazing wing woman. Uh, yeah. Was that really all that hard, though? No, actually, it was pretty easy. Yeah. I mean, Have You Met Ted is, like, the easiest game ever to play. That's true. Okay, so the other piece of this... So the other plot, other than Marshall and Lily not doing well in Minnesota, is Barney volunteering at the homeless center and doing things like singing to Grandmother's House We Go... And <laughs> scooping stuffing like a champ. Ted and Robin obviously take the high road and think that they're better than him. But are they? It's, it's one day a year. And it's, I mean, as is pointed out to them, it's the biggest volunteer day of the year. It is. They're getting in the way. There are so many people helping that they're actually just getting in the way today. Kind of. I mean, I think that... There's some dynamics in the homeless shelter that indicate that this is more of a clique that's interested in status than actually an organization interesting in help interested in helping people. That too. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. Hey, before we get too far into this part, mm-hmm. speaking of Barney, uh, he's the only one that we don't get to see the family, you know, his family dynamics at all. Not yet. Not in this episode. We, we just, we don't get that here. Well, we don't really get Robin either, but she does acknowledge that that Thanksgiving was last month. Right. And presumably she went home. I am, I am headcanoning that she went home for Thanksgiving. I'm okay with that. Canadian Thanksgiving. Yeah. What does it do? What was that? Was that Martin Fobisher's uh, valiant yet unsuccessful search for something? Search for the Northwest Passage. Yeah. Was I right? Was that Fobisher? Yes. No, that's the crux okay. line. Yes. So, okay. They're at the homeless shelter. They are feeling morally superior to Barney, who I think has a very strong argument in that he's actually doing something regardless of the fact that he peed on a church is being and is being forced to do it. Because really, okay, 
possibly unpopular opinion. I'm not sure that peeing, like, public urination should, uh, get you, like, on a list and stuff. Unless there's extenuating circumstances, like I've peed in public. I think everyone has peed in public. Yeah. You just gotta go. When you gotta go, you gotta go. I mean, seriously, I peed on si- on Sydney Key. Like, you don't fuck with that shit. I basically peed on the opera house. I peed on the Barrett Interlochen. Yeah. That was like a rite of passage. So Barney peeing down an alley that happened to be a part of a church, the wall of a church that the judge belonged to. I feel like this is low grade evil. He just got caught. Right. He may be forced into community service, but he could be picking up trash on the highway. Mm-hmm. Supervised for a few hours. And he is at a shelter. Like, he's at a shelter every week. That is actually helping people. It is. And it seems like he has a lot of community service to do. At the end, he says he, says he has 40 more hours. Like, how many hours does he have to do? Right. He's clearly been there a long time. Yeah. So I do think that he got the book thrown at him for public urination. But it's Barney, so it's funny. <laughs> and Barney still hasn't gotten any, has he? He has not. Nope. We're in episode nine. Wow. I mean, I love it. Like, I really do. It's gonna happen eventually, I right? mean, he does. But I think that this is the appropriate way to handle his character. I think it got a little out of hand in later seasons. Yeah. Which, as I've, I've claimed... I honestly think that the playbook is the breaking point, but we'll get there. Eventually. <laughs> Eventually. You know, in five million years. <laughs> mm. So yeah, I'm not sure Barney's actually evil, and I'm kind of thinking that he's a better person than Ted and Robin in this episode. You think? Yeah. Okay. I mean... Show your work. Ted and Robin are really invested in being better than Barney. Doesn't strike me as very charitable. No, I, I agree. When Ted has a chance to, like, regardless of the fact that it's you know, in a strip club, when Ted is presented with the opportunity to actually lift someone's spirits, he scoffs at it. I mean, it is buying another dude a lap dance. I feel like that's weird. Yeah. I get it. I'll give you that. I totally get where, you know, where the homeless dude's coming from that, you know, he's had, what, five shelter dinners already that day? Like, it's one day a year. He can't, you know eat a year's worth of food that day he's gonna be hungry tomorrow well, maybe like you know sunday but but ted can put him in a good mood and he does it he has that opportunity and he does with prejudice but he does <laughs> and he says he's not gonna watch yep. which is good because if he did i think that would be that would cross the line into like super weird and we might actually break the show yeah so yeah, I kind of, I, I'm kind of on Team Barney in this episode. As weird as he is about strip clubs, I mean, I think he's actually doing good. And this also, okay, so do you think this kind of ties into his do-gooderness that we find out about later in the season? Like, his origin story? I think knowing what we know now, like, through the end of season nine, I'm on team barney isn't a total creep oh yeah definitely like the it it's obvious that a lot of barney's barney is an act yes which uh, admittedly makes him a sociopath kind of Uh, not kind of no there there's no doubt that that barney stinson is a sociopath i'm not saying he's it's necessarily like i'm not saying it's evil but 
there's some like heavy action without remorse. It's almost like I know you haven't seen American Psycho. Nope. And I'm hoping that eventually uh one of our listener can convince you to. But yeah, I know. It's really not that bad, but it's whatever. Okay. You know what? I can watch that and I can't watch Breaking Bad, so I will never watch Breaking Bad. At this point my heels are dug in. Well, that's good. And I'm never watching another episode. Okay. I made it through episode two, and that was it. Or two episode two. Yep. Where was I? Oh, so it's almost like, you know, Barney putting on the mask. Granola Barney putting on the mask of jackass corporate Barney. You don't think it's a defense mechanism? I think it's a little of both. Yeah. He he got hurt, but he also <laughs> is getting revenge. The Like the super long game. It's a super long game. It's true. We do know that from season nine, that Barney's whole shtick is yeah. a decades-long revenge. <laughs> what? Yeah. But no, I, I, I think you're right. I think that there is actual good in Barney, and I think that that is a product of old Barney. Mm-hmm. You can't completely erase who you are That's true. and who you were. You can grow, you can learn from it, you can change, but you can never not like you can never just not be that person yeah i'm not sure that barney learns so much as he changes yeah yeah that's accurate okay so let's circle back um now that we've had the long discussion about whether or not barney is evil or not yay barney yay barney so let's circle back and talk about lillian marshall because I think there's a lot here, especially when you put Marshall in the family dynamic. Because Marshall, 100%, is a good guy. Like, that's kind of his character. He's a little bit goofy, but he's just good. Yeah. In so many ways. He is the moral center of this universe, like... And honestly, so far, and until the end of the season, Marshall has had no conflict. Very little. Yeah, There, there's no, like life-altering issues like he's not chasing anyone he's got lily he doesn't obviously doesn't have family issues Mm -mm. he gets along with ted he's not worried about work or school like that's not a thing yet none of that's an issue yet but you get marshall in with his family and i do think you get a little bit of revertigo yeah marshall likes him some new york he likes new york But I think he goes home and he wants to be the person he was when he was 18. He wants to be Funyuns again. He does. And Mask Ice Ball and Mayonnaise. And Gummy Bears. I mean, to the point of trying to cover up Lily saying she's going to keep her name. Yeah. Not a good move, Marshall. Does his family not know her? They've been together for, what, nine years? I wonder about that. I do also think that Lily... You know, kind of like what you do when you're first dating someone, you know, you do that when you're dating someone, and then when you meet their family, you edit yourself. Like, you cut out the hard parts and the things you think they do won't you like. you really? Not me at all. That doesn't, um, that doesn't sound like you. <laughs> but, you know, it's like when you meet anyone, or, I don't know, you present your best self or your most agreeable self, and I would argue that Lily's most agreeable self didn't want to talk about her position on naming practices or even, you know, her super feminist mom 
who wouldn't let her have an easy bake oven. Right. Which we find out about later. <laughs> um, I, I certainly think it is 100% plausible that Marshall's parents, you know, coming in and out of Wesleyan College to, you know, meet Marshall and, or, or like come visit Marshall and meet Lily and all this stuff. She probably never, ever said, by the way, I am a crazy psycho feminist. True. They did just get They just got engaged. engaged. They did say Marshall hadn't seen his family for a while, right? Right. Like since the spring? Since the summer? I think they said since Christmas. So he went home at Christmas the year before the series started and it's now Thanksgiving. He hasn't been home for 11 months. Which means he has not seen his family since the engagement. He certainly could have seen his family, assuming that they, they, they could have come to New York, but he has not been home since then. Which is when these questions are going to start coming up. That's a long time. Right. As someone who does not live at home or near home, it's a long time to not see your family or your parents. I guess. Yeah, you don't care. You see your dad like every other weekend, dude. Uh, no. I mean, I saw him last weekend, but then it had been like a month or so. Uh, however, I haven't seen my mother in seven months. I haven't seen my parents since Christmas. Okay. Yeah. And my mom's coming up next week and we're going to go camping. So, Aww. you know, it's been six months. So, yeah, I mean, the living far away from your family is, you know, you can get really excited to see them. Right. So, I, you know, in this episode, I definitely understand Marshall, but I definitely think he gets a lot of, like you know, revertigo. He suddenly, like, starts thinking like he did when he was a teenager. Yeah. Which, if you remember his letter to himself in, like, season four? Season four or season five? It's it's five for... It's either five or six. But, like, he thinks he's gonna marry some, like, stacked blonde and, like, live in St. Cloud and call himself Vanilla Thunder. So... And his rat tail is going to be down <laughs> to his knees. Is that natural history? No. It's not. It's the episode where he proves he can still dunk because Lily does him while he's flat on his back on the basketball court. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the one with the resumes. And Dr. X. Fucking Ted, man. But, but I do think that there's, there's an interesting and very real family dynamic there um, where your family's beliefs can suddenly become your beliefs, even if they're not really. The possimpable. Yes! It was the possimpable. Which was season four. You were right. Yes. Oh, I love being right. Are we feeling good about Marshall and Lily? Have we talked this out? I think so. Do we have anything else we want to just like throw at people about them? Um, holy shit. 15 pound baby. Oh my God. <gasps> You're a tall girl. I am a giant and that's terrifying. I can't imagine <laughs> if you're Lily. Lily's an itty bitty thing. Yeah. Especially compared to, you know, the 6'2", six, 6', six, or 6'3", six, runt of the litter, Marshall. Yeah, Marshall is, they say in the episode, Marshall is 6'4", and he is the runt of the litter. I honestly think they have all of those actors on boxes to make Lily look small. Oh, they've gotta, because, yeah, I mean. there's no way. I mean, again, I know you, and I know that you're a tall bitch, mm -hmm. but, like, like, some of those tall, blonde women in that episode... Would have to be like six six to be their height. It's not impossible though. That is a thing. No, it's not impossible, but we also know like 
Marshall's father, like that actor in other things, we know he's not that tall. That's true. He's like 6'1". He's not as tar- tall as Jason Siegel. Yes. So we know there's something going on there. But they do a very good job of making him a very large presence in Marshall's life. Yes, they do. All of those people were definitely standing on boxes, especially in the scene where Lily's, like, hugging everybody's butt. Right. Here I am. (laughs) Yeah, um, but that's my family. (laughs) So awkward. I mean, I'm 6'1". I am seven standard deviations taller than the average American woman. I think it would be pretty hard to find actresses that tall and not have them stand on boxes. And also, like, for being allegedly, I mean, I'm going to say two months pregnant, that woman was showing a lot. Right. Yeah, they were obviously exaggerating Marshall's family in just about every aspect. So the biggest thing here, and this is like the the, the trick ending. Yeah. Let's talk about this trick ending. Okay. Should we have known the mother's name from this episode? You know, looking back back i think that hindsight on this is not really 2020 or you know or i should say this is the definition of hindsight is 2020 i don't think there's any way that anyone could have reasonably expected that the mother was actually named tracy and that the kids were actually freaking out because they thought that their mother was a stripper and they recognized the name tracy i agree i I am sure that when Ted is telling this story to his kids, he just says, I met this stripper, blah, blah, blah. Her name's Tracy. Like, he faked them out to screw with them. There's no way we would have known that. I, I mean, I honestly think that in season seven and a half, like, there was a writer who was like, hey, remember that joke in season one? Wouldn't it be hilarious if the mother was named Tracy? Yeah. Yeah. I can 100% guarantee you that's exactly how that went down. Right. Because we are... Oh, holy shit. Uh, the actor that played Marshall's dad? Yeah? He's 6'6". What? We're wrong. We are... Okay, disregard everything. What? Wow. Son of a bitch. Our listener will not hear us say that often, but we were <laughs> we wrong. We were so wrong. Okay, I take it all back. All those... None of those actors were in boxes. I mean, you can tell... In later seasons, they like the brothers, the two brothers, I think honestly they casted them 100% for height and for nothing else. I mean, they are idiots. So Tracy. Stripper Tracy. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that was one of the many, uh, let's tie this back to an earlier joke or an earlier appearance, you know, writing in later seasons. Yeah. It was a good one. It was very good. I don't think that this was played out. I think that... When it was announced that the mother's name is, was Tracy, this was a nice little, you know, throwback that people could, you know, figure out. It wasn't made to be important and then, you know, ruin it like some of these other things that they did. When do we find out the mother's name is Tracy? Because I kind of want to say it's in the finale. It is. How the fuck do we have a whole episode about her and we don't know her first name? Because we got to the Farhampton platform And they're looking at the umbrella, and Ted says, those are my initials, TM, Ted Mosby. She says, sorry, you know, sorry, sorry, Ted Mosby. Those are my initials, Tracy McConnell. And then we all weep. I'm going to cry right now. That is exactly when we figured it out. How about you, mother? You slay me. I might watch the finale again later. 
You probably should. And cry. As should we all. Because it's, it's so, so good. good. The finale is oh perfect God, as so it was good. broadcast. I'm going to start crying again. <laughs> I've been crying all week about Outlander. I'm not allowed to cry about the How I Met Your Mother finale. <laughs> Anything else you would like to talk about about this episode? <laughs> I don't think so. I think we've gone pretty pretty well through this. Lots of family dynamic stuff going on here. So much stuff is happening here. And a lot of Lillian Marshall. That's that's what this is. This really is a Lillian Marshall episode, yeah. which is so cool. I'm so glad that they like, like, this is where they really start leaning on the ensemble, which is nice. So we didn't really talk about Ted and the lady, and she's like so I don't even give a shit. Ted was hitting on, or kind of hitting on, and then Robin hit on her for him uh, woman in the shelter who turned out to be one of the like status click people that was you know stealing the good food for themselves she was a throwaway character yeah definitely it, it wasn't it wasn't important Ted we didn't even discuss his arc okay so quickly Ted goes to the homeless shelter spends the entire time hitting on a lady and trying to prove that he's better than Barney freaks out about mushrooms um and then starts throwing them at people how much do we like ted in this episode i mean scale of one to ten yeah six six i don't hate ted like i don't hate ted at all that was ted being a douche a little bit i'm gonna give him a seven. Oh, okay yeah i thought you were thinking i was too high no honestly like he's so not an issue in this episode even him being a jackass, you really can't hold it against him. I can't because everyone else in that shelter is being a jackass. Yeah. Other than Barney, I hated the two other volunteers we met. Like, I hated their faces. So, Ted rises. Yeah. I'd like to point out, though, that a shelter wouldn't have accepted mushrooms. They wouldn't have? Non-perishable. That's fair. But, like, bitches stealing truffle oil. From the homeless. Yeah. That's, you know... It's super douchey. That's that's douchey. So I think we both really like this episode. <laughs> Yay! Yay, we finally found one we liked. I did not talk myself out of liking this episode. Me neither. Which is actually really exciting. We did good. <laughs> High five. Yay. So, please, come talk to us at thereturn.com and... At the Rereturn on Twitter, you can also email us your opinions about this episode. If we missed anything, if you think we suck, if you think we're wrong, um, please tell us if you're wrong because we will be happy to yell at you about it. Um, we are the Rereturn at thereturn.com. So my big question for everyone is: What is the worst place to spend Thanksgiving? Is it in a strip club or in jail? Oh, that's right. Lily goes to jail. We didn't talk about that at all. Oh, hey, Lily went to jail because, uh, public urination. Anyway, worst place <laughs> to spend Thanksgiving, strip club or jail? Please tell us. Um, we will be back next week with a very, 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 very fun episode about <clears throat> the pineapple incident. Woohoo! I'm Aaron. I'm Lear. Hey, wait a minute. I got a question for everyone, too. Oh. Sorry. So... Midwesterner here, you know, again. Um, mayo or Miracle Whip? Oh, good question. I grew up on Miracle Whip. That's what my family did. But as soon as I got away from that and discovered the wonders of mayo, that's what went on my sandwiches. Interesting. Um, but not in my salads. So. 
Yes, because I make potato salad, and when I make it, I exclusively make it with Miracle Whip. Oh, I just, I don't eat, like, potato salad. I can't stand it. Anyway, whole other thing. But yeah, mayo or Miracle Whip. Anyway, I'm, I'm good. That's enough. We will see you next week for what I think will be an amazingly fun episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. I'm Aaron. And I'm Lear. And we will talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Bye.